Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Professionally Fit Radio. Professionally Fit is dedicated to female entrepreneurs, executives, and professionals who are soaring in their fields and enterprises while still maintaining their health and wellness. At Professionally Fit, we help you to identify the direct correlation between your health and your career. Welcome to the show. I'll be your host and Professionally Fit founder, Ms. Lisa A. Smith, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Ms. Get Fit with Jay. Hey guys. On today's episode, we're talking about chronic action taking. Has your strength of being an overachiever turned to your weakness? Are you constantly filling empty slots in your calendar with to-dos? Does stillness and free days make you uncomfortable and anxious? If so, this episode is just for you. This is definitely the episode you need to hear because I personally struggle with overachieving myself and still do and trying to get it under control. And I promise you being a chronic action taker can actually be just as toxic as not being an action taker. Would you, would you agree? I definitely agree. Definitely agree. Yes. So also we're going to talk a little bit about does how you define yourself correlate with how society defines you because sometimes um, being a chronic action action taker stems from trying to match what you think society kind of expects of you. I absolutely agree And, and even if it's not society what society thinks of you it may be what you've decided you think is succeeding and then you're always trying to measure up to what you think that succeeding is every day. Right and then it's like well where did our definition of succeeding come from? Right. Because typically we will say, typically we will say you should only measure your success by your own definition of success. But what if your own definition of success was not shaped just by you, but of usually it's shaped by our peers, what we see them do. Yeah, Or your parents expectations of you, because if they didn't succeed. So say, for instance, your parent, your parents didn't succeed. Your peers didn't succeed. So now you're like, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to be completely um the opposite exactly. and that may be different that might be completely not what society expects of you you want to prove everyone wrong yes yeah, yes so that could be the case too right and is that turning into a toxic personality trait versus something that's actually benefiting you so we're going to talk about that today but first Wait, what? Wait, what is our segment where Jay and I talk about something we either saw, heard, or experienced in the last week that made us go, wait, what? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yours is good. (laughs) Oh, my God. So ridiculous. (laughs) So why Um, a friend of the family, we were all having family dinner, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about food and nutrition, and we got on dairy. And I was just talking about, you know, the detriments of dairy because at this particular dinner there, there was like some macaroni and cheese and I didn't have any, of course. And we all just started chatting about dairy. And so one person said, he's like, yeah, um, I eat a lot of dairy. He's like, I, I, I eat boatloads of dairy. I eat like wheelbarrows of of cheese. He's like, I love cheese. Right. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that's not really good for you. I'm like, you know, it's the highest source of saturated fat in America. I'm like, it's processed your arteries, inflammation, acne, digestive issues. I'm just like going on and on about dairy. Rattling it off. Rattling it off. Right. He's like, yeah, because I started losing my hair a few years back. And my mom was like, you need to give up that dairy. He's like, so I gave up dairy. And my hair started growing back. He's like, but I'd rather just not have hair. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay. I can't. Wait. 
what? He, you heard it right. He'd rather have a cheese pizza than a hair full, hair full of hair. In reality, what does hair do for you anyway? I mean, <laughs> let's, let's be real. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? It was the first time, like, out of the tens and hundreds of dairy conversations I've had, it's the first time I couldn't win one. Oh, no, you definitely lost. <laughs> if you're willing to lose your hair... For you, dairy, you have nothing. I have nothing. Yeah, I was like, nothing. got it. I just turned back around and went on by my I'd business. Rather not have hair. That I would have been stunned. Yeah, he took his hat off, rubbed his hair, hand across his head, and was like, "Oh yeah, I'd rather be hairless than to give up dairy." Wait, <laughs> you, you know what? I don't even. I don't even know if I'm semi impressed. Like, yeah, he just he declared that Absolutely. on this one he's gonna take an L and it's it's worth it. Yes. And sometimes you have to do that. Yes. Like, yeah, don't pretend now oh, I just wanna give up the dairy. You know, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try, knowing you won't. He's like, No, I'm not giving it up and whatever repercussions, let the repercussions come what may. Yeah. <laughs> let the chips fall where they may. I don't need hair. It does nothing in the story. And I might look better without it. And I and I would definitely, definitely feel mentally better without it because I won't be sitting around craving cheese. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I don't know. I, don't... I was like, he got it wait, all figured out. Yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah, totally hilarious. I I I lost my first dairy um, argument yeah, this past week. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Okay, so my wait what is when you know I just recently went to Tennessee with my family. Had an amazing, yes. amazing time. This hands down is my favorite trip every year this is our second year uh doing this we will be having a family trip every year to celebrate the you know the life and legacy of my mom we go um so far it's been to tennessee and we we all like 16 17 of us grandkids you know husbands wives everyone goes and we stay in one big cabin in the mountains we cook together and play board games and everybody's phone is down there's no uh you know we have access we have wi-fi but it's kind of a rule to kind of stay off your devices and so but my way what has nothing to do with that my way what is of course me trying to be bossy like you know i hit the gym everywhere i go let me google where the gym is so i found the gym anytime fitness so it's it's two ways you can get to most places and i was really familiar with the safe way where it's like kind of like uh, main roads where it looks just like maybe a southfield road if you're in michigan okay like a like a really busy street and then there's another way that it will sometimes navigate you through the mountains. Okay. And so when I went to the gym, it navigated me, of course, through the mountains. Okay. And I'm completely alone. So this, it was a 25-minute ride to get to the gym. The trip took 25 minutes to get there and um, back each way. Okay. So as I'm riding through the mountains, of course, Tennessee is primarily, I'm not going to even say primarily, it is 100%, I believe, all white. Like there's... <laughs> Someone don't, don't, you know, try to check. I could be wrong, but I'm going to go on record saying I believe it's 100% all white. No, it's not. I'm sure Memphis has, but I don't care. what city were you guys in? I mean, in? the area we were in, okay. the, you know, the next, a 20 mile, 30 mile radius was all white. Okay. Not the whole state of Tennessee. So I'm going through these mountains and I'm seeing Confederate flags on like barns and trees because everyone there pretty much has a pickup truck because of these mountains. Okay. And they have, like, barns, and in the um, mountains, they have, like, tractors, and it's real kind of, like, hillbilly-ish and whitewashed, and it's, it was really scary. So my heart was really beat. Not because of the mountains themselves, even though they were windy and scary, but the mountain, but the type of people, like, I, I knew for sure I was the only black 
female going through these mountains alone and i start thinking like what if i have a flat tire what whatever come back like i just started getting really scared so i finally made it to the gym classic yes you know i'm all you know me so i make it to the gym and then in front of the gym there's this pickup truck he's kind of like backed in so i could read all of his bumper stickers and it's like president trump this and president trump that and vote for trump this and then there's a confederate flag sticker on there and there's only like two or three people in there and because there's all type of cuss words on the back so i knew it was like a younger person Mm -hmm. and i knew exactly whose truck it was but here's my wait what i'm working out he's working out like really in close proximity and he's being so nice to me Uh uh-huh overly nice oh let me move my can i move this for you and and i'm like wait what like you clearly have an issue i believe and i and i don't know you know what i mean have i been programmed to believe that because you have a confederate flag that you're automatically racist but i was just really like wait what like you why are you but you can tell when niceness and kindness is fabricated. Like you can. I believe his was fabricated. Yes, yeah, so I do that's believe it. I don't think it was got. genuine. I just do. But my thing is, if you don't respect something, if you don't like something, why even pretend? Why even go out your way to say, "Oh, let me move that for you" when it's unnecessary? It's not like I was walking and you were in my way and you naturally moved. You went out of your way to be nice. Right. Why? I don't get that. So I was just like, wait, I don't, I don't get it right so yeah that was my way what it just made you a little more uncomfortable than oh this guy is kind it was just more like you yeah, extra yeah you're kind of extra because that was yeah. really unnecessary you didn't have to come over here and try try to intentionally be nice to me sorry guys so yeah that was my weight what yeah yeah but you made it back safely i made it back safely and on the ride back um i was i was actually more relaxed and i was feeling like and I actually had a chance to observe the mountains. Like, I'm actually riding by myself through the mountains. No one is with me. I'm seeing new things, and I'm doing new things alone. I got a chance to think and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I had did it once. Mm-hmm. So the ride there was scary, but it was like, oh, I know what to expect now on the ride back. Right. So that was really cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. good for you for um, stepping outside of your comfort zone and taking um, an uncharted path. Like, the average person, out of town, let me go to these major streets, this major route. Yeah, I could have rerouted and go, went the, the major routes, but I was like, no, this is the way it told me to go, so let me just go ahead and do what it told me and stop trying to be so scary as you right <laughs> that's what's up okay so oh my goodness this is like my fave overachieving i didn't even know like that this was a real thing i always thought the word overachieving was just like stupid because i'm like there's no such thing like yeah. you set out to do something you want to be great at a lot of things you want to experience a lot of things um what's the harm in it right right right. what's the harm in it until last year where i literally got down on myself and felt guilty for taking a nap in the middle of the day and Mm -hmm. that's like right around that time is when i started realizing wait a minute there's an issue here something Mm -hmm. is really off right because i woke up early i worked i trained i worked out whatever i did And now I want to maybe take a mid-afternoon slumber or rest or just have a cup of tea and just be still. Mm -hmm. And I can't bring myself to do it because there's so much guilt attached to it. And that's when I started getting into researching about being an overachiever, um, being a a chronic action taker, your motivation behind uh, never feeling like it's enough. Mm-hmm. never giving your permission yourself permission to stop and be still and take a day off, take an hour off. Um, and so what I've realized like in the past couple of weeks is that I have a couple clients who are like this too. Okay. 
And some of my clients are really, some of my clients are really like, you know how people have nervous energy and they're always like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay, go, 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 go. Like it's never, like they can't even calmly listen to you, Mm -hmm. right? They, this is always like, okay, I got it. Yep. Yep. And then next, and then I'm on to the next thing. And it kind of makes you, gives you nervous energy. Right. Right. And so I was recently talking to a client who was like that. And I'm just like, was really concerned. Like, and she's like, I'm always going, I have this going on. I have this going on. I have this going on. And I'm like, well, when do you just stop? and be still and so you you know being an overachiever being a chronic action taker you can recognize those things in other people easier right, right? right, right, right. and so I kind of set out on a journey to try and help um people rectify that and so we're going to talk about today some of the things that we've both done for ourselves to kind of self-check self-assess and right. make sure that even though we're chronic action takers we have a balance between um understanding that all time is you don't have to be on all the time. Yeah, and you definitely. don't have to fill every empty slot in your right. calendar with something. Yeah, you don't always have to be working on a project. You don't always have to be in school. You don't always have to be building a business, a brand, a company. You know, working on your family. Like everything doesn't always have to be on, and that's a hard lesson. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for people to understand is that when there's something not in that slot, that does not mean that there's a void. There is something in that slot, and it's called me time, relaxation, uh, recovery, restoration. So don't think that there's a void. There is something that's actually there, and there's something that's there that's actually important, and that is to take care of yourself by, you know, bringing it down. Like we say, grounding, bringing, the, you know, all the things, all the toxic thoughts, all the toxic um Things you've done throughout the day, maybe um, negative things you've heard or maybe negative things you saw, maybe the traffic, everything. You have to kind of bring that down at some point in your day and just relax, unwind, meditate or whatever it is. And that is okay. Yes. Yeah, it it absolutely is. So a couple years ago, there was like this popular trend on YouTube Mm -hmm. called Ish People Say. Uh So it would be like Ish Black Girls Say, Ish white things white girls say to black people and so um ish you know black moms say so i thought we would do one for ish overachievers say okay got it. Got it. okay so let's rattle off some of the things we commonly hear um chronic action takers overachievers people who can never be still and always are always on what do they say i'll go no days off literally you still speak to people who aren't evolving? Uh, hello? Yeah, I know it's 4 a.m. I'm up. <laughs> Your mediocrity, I'm sorry to say, but it's flaring up. <laughs> That's my favorite. Your mediocrity is flaring up. Forget it. I'll just do it myself. How can you die happy if you haven't climbed at least six mountains, saved the infant from a fire, ran a marathon blindfolded, I mean, how could you live with yourself? <laughs> oh, my God. This black bean burger is so good. You should start your own company and sell these. <laughs> Obsessed is what the lazy use for people who overachieve. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm not tired. I sleep when no one's looking. <laughs> I didn't know people st- still sleep. <laughs> <laughs> people still sleep in? <laughs> yeah, I-, I heard. So I heard. <laughs> Yes. Yes to everything. Even fun stuff. Yes to starting a business. Yes to going back to school. Um, yes to being a caregiver for everything. Yes to starting a family. Yes to a vacation with the girls. Yes, yes, yes. 
Uh, what do you mean you haven't accomplished every single goal you ever had this year? And it's January 2nd. <laughs> <laughs> I've already ruined my year and it's January 2nd. <laughs> Um, so I get, I get, I think you guys get the drift, right? Maybe you are this person or maybe you know someone like this, someone who's just always going after it. And I think we all need to kind of have somebody like that in our circle, though, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Even if it's not to that extreme, but somebody who always is leveling up. Yeah, somebody who's always leveling up, level up mindset that's always like going after it. You know, it's not enough. I need to be better, stronger, you know, faster. I want to make more money. I want to be more fit. That's cool. As long as there's times where you turn it off. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Right. Um... So what one of the things I know about overachievers, because I've experienced this myself, is that overachieving is linked to anxiety, depression, and high stress, Mm -hmm. um, and perfectionism. Mm -hmm. So this feeling that if you fail in any type of way, or what you may perceive as being a failure, and it's considered imperfect in your mind, then that leads to high feelings of stress and anxiety. Um, And then you're overly concerned with how you appear to others as Mm -hmm. well. And I've personally experienced that quite a bit. Okay. You know that about me. Yeah, you know I know that about you. And one of the things that I'm trying to work on is feeling like if I'm doing one thing, I'm neglecting another. I have that really, really bad. Like when I'm at school, I feel like I'm neglecting. Um, I could have had a better workout if I didn't have school today. Or if I'm working out, I could be with my family. Or if I'm with my family, I should be studying. Or if I'm studying, mm-hmm. I should be working out. And it, and, it, and it's like a circle kind of. Like every time I'm doing one thing, I feel like I'm neglecting another. You know, and it's and it's annoying to me because I'm like, well, just because you couldn't do this this day you spent time with your family you went to school Mm. that does not mean you're neglecting studying you can study tomorrow or just because you're studying today and you haven't had that chance to spend with your family you can spend time with your family tomorrow so it's always feeling like I should have hit everything today I should have spent time with my family I should have worked out I should have studied I should have had all their uniforms ironed for the whole entire week. I should have had all the stuff in the refrigerator for their lunch for the whole entire week. I should have called all my friends and see how they were doing today. And it's just, I don't know who made me feel that way. Like, just because you're doing one thing, that does not mean you're neglecting. Or better yet, just because you didn't do that thing today, that does not mean you're neglecting it. That is so hard. You know, when I first realized that I may be a toxic overachiever. Um, it was when I listened to one of my favorite psychologists on YouTube, whose name is Marissa Peer, and she talked about this I am not enough syndrome. Mm-hmm. And this really hit home for me because she talked about clients that she has who, no matter how much they achieve, no matter how many goals they accomplish, they never feel good enough. Yeah. They never feel like they're enough. And what she was able to link that to was, uh, as always, something in their childhood that occurred that put this belief system in their minds that they were not enough. Mm-hmm. So, for example, she talked about a young lady who had an addiction to shopping. She was a really accomplished in her field. She had really made it in corporate world. She had all this money. But her mom had committed suicide. And her mom, her mom's passing For her, she felt guilty because she felt like she wasn't enough for her mom to live for. 
And so she began to overachieve, self-medicate with shopping. And she was always, you know, reaching higher and higher. But Marissa said, you know, she had this I am not enough syndrome. And so I got to thinking about myself. And I don't think I've ever shared this on a podcast, but, you know, my dad walked out of my life when I was in the fifth grade and I haven't seen him since. And I may have developed this mindset that I am not, I was not enough to keep my dad around. And so I always want to do and always want to be more, more, more. So I won't be abandoned. You know, it might be part of my abandonment issues, but every idea that I have, I, for some reason, believe I have to act on it. I have to execute it. And if, if I don't, or if it's not successful, then I am extremely disappointed in myself. I feel like I failed somehow. And I feel like I, some, in some way or another, I have to reintroduce that and bring it back. I am not enough. I am not enough. It's never enough. And um, I think this is more popular and, and more common, should I say, than a lot of us realize. Yeah. Like what could have potentially happened? Maybe your spouse left you after so many years and you never properly dealt with it. You lost right. a child, you know, it's, especially if somebody close to you committed suicide. One One instance, Marissa was talking about, you know, this young man. His father, every time he came home from work, he would make his father's food. Like his father would come home from working like these long hours and he was responsible for making his father's food. Mm-hmm. Well, his father would begin to eat his food, but he would share his food with a dog, but would never share his food with his son. Okay. Okay. And so during one of their sessions, this guy revealed that and Marissa realized, oh my goodness, you've never thought you were enough because... Your dad thought the dog was more worthy than you were. Right. And so when, you know, she brought that to his attention, it was like, you have this I'm not enough syndrome. And that's why no matter what you do, he was like this big Hollywood producer. Like, no matter what you do, it's not enough. And so a lot of times our overachieving and our chronic action taking stems from just that. Yeah, so I absolutely agree. The way you uh, grew up. And the, what, what you lacked as a child, you try to compensate for as an adult. And in my case, it's both. Um, the things that I believe that people never thought that I could be, I try to be that now. Or the things that I wanted as a child, mm-hmm. I try to give to my kids. For instance, um, like as a child, I thought that, well, I knew that even though our family is really close and, you know, I knew that my mom loved me and people, but it was never told. And we weren't affected. And you know that. I've shared that with you. So I'm like every single day I have to tell my kids I love them. I have to hug them a million times a day. Um, if I if I've ever maybe once or twice in my life I've ever been in a rush and I've left without hugging them, I feel bad, like, oh my God, what if that's my last time seeing them or something like that? I should have hugged them. Um, also, you know, the career thing, like I feel like I have to measure up with my peers, like, mm-hmm. oh, this my sister is a nurse and you know, this person is that, and this person has that master degree. And, and even when I talk to people and they say they're proud of me, I'm like, but proud of what? And, you know, they're like, well, you're, you're in the fitness industry. You're a certified personal trainer. You're working. You're married. I, like, you're so different from when I last saw you. I'm like, it's not enough. I didn't do anything. Like, right. what are you talking about? Yes, I mean, yes. and, and, and it just shocks me every time somebody is like, Oh my God, you, you know, I saw, I I heard your podcast or I saw your fitness page and, um, I seen your daughter or I seen, and I'm just like, but 
you know I never uh, finished school. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know um, I never did that competition that I wanted to do. And all I think about is what I lack, and I sometimes forget what I've accomplished. And so it. Um, I just read an article, as a matter of fact, a couple of days, called the Superwoman Syndrome, where you feel like you should be I – ha- I feel like at this point, at 39, I should have nailed everything. Yes. I should have – had I this just done. cursed you out about this when we went out to lunch a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Girl, I pay your cursing out no mind. But yeah, I feel like I should have had this done or that done. And like I'm 39 years old. And what somebody um, pointed out, I believe it was my sister. Like, do you know how many people want your life? Do you know how many people would give anything to have your life to have to be in a nice, stable relationship in a nice um you know, neighborhood, to have a job, a stable job, to have a a car, to have good friends and family who love them, to be, you know, healthy, to, like, she started naming all this stuff. I'm like, you've done that to me, too. You've rattled off this long list of, like, things about me. I'm like, oh, yeah, but still, you realize I didn't, uh... Right. You won't let it go, though. Like, no matter, you let the perceived failures just resonate much louder and shine much brighter shine much brighter and 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 it's crazy because those things you probably don't even consider them accomplishments i don't i don't i'm just like anybody can get married anybody can have kids anybody like so you know yep and then i was talking to someone even about the in the fitness industry um about you know bringing fit because as I was talking to them I was like okay maybe I've done a little something um I was writing my bio for that podcast for New York okay and uh and I started rattling off like some of the things like bringing fit back to family the events and you know professionally fit you know being on the panel for that and doing this and doing that I was like okay well maybe but I was like but I still haven't got those people that I want to get healthy you know in shape they're still not (laughs) and I and I don't know how to fix this you know so it's it's really crazy so as we're having this podcast today trying to help other people overcome this this is something that we both are trying to overcome ourselves for sure for sure and I think one of the um major major um issues with being an overachiever or should I say the reason it exists is partly because the way we define ourselves we're some sometimes trying to match that up with how society defines us like we mentioned in the beginning and the question essentially becomes is whose definition will you believe you know whose definition will you believe will you believe society's definition of you or will you define your own self because us constantly going after things like never leaving room on the calendar if you if I have a free weekend if I have a free Wednesday evening that's a slot that needs to be filled I, I constantly have to be on the move I constantly have to wake up rushing off somewhere I constantly have to you know stack my appointments I always have to make sure that something is being done something is being worked on if I have free time okay this is that time I need to build workout yeah, for clients definitely. this is the time I need to train for myself this is the time I should probably be researching for this trip even fun things right you know yeah definitely and so I think it's a matter of trying to keep up with how we perceive we should be in our life right now and that's not true right like you feel like I should have finished school by now I should have this degree I should have these titles and 
that's because that's like you said that's what we see in our peers that's what we see with people in our similar demographic whether it be our age group our socioeconomic status that's what we see them doing that's what america shows us is where we should be at this point in our, in our lives and so more 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 like even with me starting school back everybody I'm in class with is at least a decade younger than me. And so I oftentimes feel all this insecurity about being back in school with these 22-year-olds. And I'm like, oh, my God, I should have been a doctor. Why did I do? Yeah. Bro, it doesn't even make sense. You just decided to be a doctor 90 days ago. Right. It's not like I've dreamt of this since I was two. But sometimes we don't logically put those things together in our minds. You know, what's so interesting about what you just said is it's so embedded in us to believe what society says. Because I'm on that same journey as you to become an RN. And I'm also in school and feeling at 39 like why am I pursuing this when people have been a nurse for 15 years at this age and I am just now getting on the road and so I was googling of course doing what I said I wouldn't do what age is too old to become an RN oh my god yeah I I know (laughs) and so I read this article and it was like you know no age really is too old because our in for a lot of people more than half is a second career. Okay. A lot of people do their career, sometimes retire and then decide to be a nurse. So a lot of people you will find yourself in nursing school with is like in their 40s, 50s, even 60s. And so that validated me at that moment. Oh, I hate you. I know. I, hate I was you. like, it's okay. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. You know? <laughs> Got it. All right. Second career. That's me. You know? <laughs> Done that, right, you know. present, right? <laughs> so oh, yeah, this is, this is this is so golden. What you just said, though, the key word, the key word. I've been thinking about this for the past couple of weeks. Validation. We need so much validation from other people. Uh, uh, somebody really close to me recently really surprised me because he has a bald head, mm-hmm. and if he hasn't shaved, like if so, he has a little hair growing in on his head, so he typically you know shaves it back right. bald. So if he has a little hair on his head and he hasn't shaved, he'll wear a hat mm-hmm. out, you know, all the right. time. So recently, um, I had realized that we had been out and he didn't have a hat on, but he had like stubble, a, little bit. a little stubble on his head and had shaved. And I was like, oh my God, you're not wearing a hat. And he's like, well, I saw Jason Statham doing it. He, you know, he wears his stubble. That's an actor. Okay. This really popular actor. He's like, I saw Jason Statham doing it. So I figured okay. if he could do it, so could I. And validate I was like, yeah. validated. And I'm like, man. We literally have to get permission sometimes to go against society's rules. You, you know, that that is, um, it, it goes, it's true. Yeah. And then it's also not true in the sense of we then decide what we don't care about when it comes to society. Because you know I have, like, no shame of making a fool out of myself in public. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, when you want to dance in the middle of, you know, a busy street or if I want to walk out with my pants on backwards, I don't care. Right. And then at work, um, I forgot I took a tea bag or something and then I put it in another cup or something. Something somebody thought was, like, disgusting. Yeah. She was like, um, oh, I can't believe you just did that. And I just put my lid on and drunk it. like. And, and she was like, I wish I could be like this. She was like, you just don't care. But you know what? I think it's um, different areas. So yeah, for that's like, what I'm you, different areas. Yeah, you um, care what people think when it comes to success and achievement and education. Exactly. And I, for example, don't care... Um, I don't care what people think when it comes to relationships. 
and, and love and marriage. So like I've been engaged for four or five years and I don't give a <laughs> like everybody <laughs> asks me, Lisa, when you get married, why you ain't married yet? And I'm like, oh, we can't be engaged for another five years. What's wrong with that? Right. So, yeah. For a lot of people, that would be really, really embarrassing. Yeah. Like some people get engaged and start planning the wedding. Like we got engaged in January. We're getting married in September. So you basically rejected the social norm in that department. Right. Like, yeah, I'm knocking on 30 something, but I don't care about starting a family until I'm 50 if I want to. I don't care about being married by some, but for some people that's huge also for me i turned off the social norm button for my kids and religion my kids i told somebody and they were shocked that my kids have to choose their own religion Mm -hmm. i was like i'm not responsible for that i'm teaching them how to be a good person how to look in the mirror and love themselves and be okay with the decisions they made for that day i was like but as far as religion when they let me know you know, which area they want to go, I would totally support them, take them to the church, the mosque, whatever. But I'm not going to be that mother taking that you to church. Them one way so, yeah, they're totally responsible. They they literally clutch their pearls almost. Like, <laughs> Pearl <laughs> proverbial pearls. Yeah, like, yeah, so social norm didn't. So, yeah, we do choose what we want. And it's all, it's all related to an insecurity in yes, us. Yes, absolutely. I'm super insecure about the fact that everybody in my circle has a college degree and I'm the only one that doesn't the mm-hmm. only one and so yeah every time even you and Tiff mm-hmm. she's another um certified trainer and you guys may know her coach Tiff you guys when you start talking about go green and go blue and y'all start going back and forth I always feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and, and even things like that when people are cheering for their different I'm like I have no who am I going to cheer for mm-hmm. like I have nothing right so yeah it's all it's all about what we decided we're insecure about and right. then from there we kind of feed into it exactly every day exactly so yeah so true okay well, let's get into our new segment. We introduced a new segment last week called Bridging the Gap. Oh, before we do, I do have one more example about the permission from society. Okay. I meant to bring this up. So I was in the gym um, two days ago. I was training and I saw a girl that I normally see in the gym around this time early in the morning and uh, a young black girl okay. and she was working out and she had Bantu knots. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was so, you know, like happy to see. I'm like, all right. So she came up to me and she was like, I just want to tell you, you made me feel so comfortable with wearing my Bantu knots in the gym. She's like, I saw, I see you with yours all the time in here. And I was like, oh, I can do it. Like wow. I literally, yeah. Like she's like, you basically gave me permission to do this. And I'm like, I mean, I threw up a fist. I'm like, sister. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's another thing here. Hair, especially. We, you and I both like, okay, yeah, I'm going to wear it because to get my hair a curly look, I have to wear these crazy looking braids. And I'm just like, yeah, I know why I'm wearing them. So, And I think you're the same way. Man, two knots, yeah. It's I, whatever. Yeah, so yeah. It's definitely. what, And she, I, that, that filled my spirit up so much, you know, because she needed permission from somebody to wear her hair a certain way. Wow. And so she went and took her shower after her workout and came back out dressed, changed and everything. And she had this big fro. She had took her band two knots down. And she came straight up to, sh- to me. She was like, I couldn't see in the back. And she turned around. She's like, how am I fro looking in the back? Like, oh, what's up? She, I love it. I love oh, it. God. I love it, it. It filled me up so much. And I'm like, man. That's it, awesome. Yeah, that it, really is awesome. And you never know. And that's why it pays to be yourself. Because you never know. Because before we go into bridging the gap, I just wanted to give a few tips. I don't want to leave this segment without giving a few tips of how to kind of 
work on that. And some of the things that I have um, started doing is questioning my motives. Why am I doing this? Why won't I do this? Is it because of what someone else will think of me? Or is it because of something that I just genuinely don't approve of? Mm -hmm. I really have to like sometimes search deep inside myself to realize, you know, what is preventing me from doing this? Or why am I doing this? You know, is it because I want approval Mm -hmm. or validation? Or do I, or am I doing this because I don't want it to be frowned upon? Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. I think that would help you like questioning your own motive sometimes. Yes. It's so, so true. Um, Because those of us that are strong enough to define ourselves must give permission to others to define themselves. Mm -hmm. And so if you know you're really strong in one area, like I don't care how I look, I wear my hair, right? If I'm in, you know, a transition period or I'm in a protective style, like show up and do that even more. Mm -hmm. Because somebody is asking for permission that needs that. You know what I mean? And so if you you have no problem with going after something, then go after it and, and show up. Because it's our responsibility. If you have the fortitude if you have the strength, if you have the courage, do not shrink. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because somebody else is looking up to you and for you to do just that. Um, and with regard to being an overachiever, first of all, like Jay said, identify every single time why you're doing something and what your motives are. Mm-hmm. Because some of us just do things for the metal. Some of us just do things for the... Or out of habit. Or out of habit. Yeah. Um, or for the acknowledgement or to say we did it. I, I, I hate running, but I'm going to do this marathon because I want to be able to say I did a marathon or I want to, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. do you, if you, be be okay with dropping the ball on something that's just not moving your spirit or just, that's not filling you up. If you're filling your calendar with stuff you despise, what's the point? You know what? And that, you know, I know we said we were going to, <laughs> but let me um, say this really quick. I remember when I was doing the uh, the collars, I know how to design dog collars, and I had made the, uh, not the website, but I had got the, what do you call that, dot .com, the, you know. Oh, your, what, your domain name? I got my domain name and everything, and I was doing it, and I was, it was stressing me out. Like, I really wanted to start this business, and I remember you was like, okay, how's the collars going? I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like, it's really slow, and you was like, well, how is it making you feel? Does it, it, is it adding stress here? Like, I'm like, kind of. I'm like, my plate is so full. I'm going to school. I'm working 10 hours a day. I got that. You was like, well, just make it kind of a hobby. You were like, don't worry about it, mm-hmm. and it just kind of, it was like an aha moment, as Oprah <laughs> say. Like, I can do that? Right. I don't have to go do this thing full throttle? You mean I can actually take my time? Yeah. And it was just kind of crazy, like, oh, yeah, okay. So when I do it now, it's strictly when I have time, when I feel like it, and now I don't have this negative um, feeling attached to this. Yes, thing. yes. Okay. It's so it's so important. How does it make you feel? Are you taking these classes? Are you taking this second job? Are you agreeing to this trip with your girls, even though you're not looking forward to it because you can't stand somebody on it? Like, why are you agreeing to all these things because you have an insecurity with saying no? Are you doing it because, you know, it will make somebody else happy? Are you doing it because being still and not having a lot going on now um, is frowned upon because everybody's talking about no days off and grind and no sleep? And Mm -hmm. like, why are you doing it? Like, like, it's okay to be stressed out. Like, I, I take chemistry, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is kind of overwhelming. But I literally sit in class, like, drooling over the math. I love it. Like, I like I look forward to chemistry class. But it takes up a lot of my time. Right. I know my next several years in school are going to be crucial. But 
I'm like drooling to when somebody's going to tell me how the, to learn to the, like, right. Yeah, the endocrine process. system works or the, our digestive system works. like, I can't wait to make that connection for how I can help my clients more. And so it, I, I do a self-assess with everything now. Even when I take on a new client, I'm like, okay. Because you get vibes from people. So I, I'll do a consultation with a new client and instantly be like, is this somebody I'm going to enjoy working right, with? Yeah. Or am I going to drag onto the session? Mm-hmm. You have Absolutely. to, even if it's making you money, you have to drop it. Because that, that stress, like you said, having a negative emotion attached with that, to an action is only going to magnify. Mm-hmm. It's only going to magnify. So if you're a chronic action taker and your schedule... And your days are filled with things that fill you up, that fulfill you, and that allows you to add more value to society, to your peers, then to your community, then great. Mm -hmm. But if you look at your calendar and you look at your to-dos and you're more stressed and overwhelmed than you are fulfilled, then it's definitely time to sit back and reassess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We can move on now. (laughs) Bridging the gap. Bridging the gap. So bridging the gap is a new segment that we introduced last week where we bridge the gap between today's topic and your business and or your career. Because again, professionally fit, we help you identify the direct correlation between your health and wellness and your career. So how does being an overachiever affect your business as an entrepreneur? Oh my God, I cannot even tell <laughs> you. let you take the floor, I'll just sit back. <laughs> I cannot even tell you how many times I've dropped the ball with regard to um, helping a client in particular, you know, with their training or their nutrition because I was so overwhelmed or I was so tired and I made a small mistake or, with something and I forgot to change their payment a certain way. Or um, I built their workout wrong because I was thinking about a different client when I built this client's workout. Um, it takes it takes the energy away from the things that are most valuable. And so now when you, when I look at my calendar, I have to make sure that I'm looking at, at everything that I can either, what can I delegate, what can I eliminate, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I have to make sure that the energy reserves that I have are being used to provide the best service possible for every single one of our clients that professionally fit. And so it's it's irresponsible as a business owner and as an entrepreneur to overextend yourself. Mm-hmm. So our roster has been filling up with clients lately. And I'm getting to a point where I'm like, okay, I know at some point I'm going to have to bring in extra help because the quality of your service is going to significantly decrease mm-hmm. if you're overextended. Mm-hmm. You know, it is not any of my clients' fault that I decided to go back to school. They should not suffer because right. of that. And now here I am agreeing to train them at 5 a.m., right. you know, um, but I was up late studying. I was up doing this. I was up doing that. And if you're a new entrepreneur in particular, you're probably wearing many hats in your business. I'm the accountant, right? I'm the HR person. I'm everything. Yeah, I'm marketing. the photographer, <laughs> right? right? Right. I'm the janitor. And so um, if I if I overextend myself too much and agree to everything Mm -hmm. the only person that's going to suffer is first my clients and then my bank account right because like you said earlier quality over quantity so it's very very important to have a realistic view of what what all you are and are not capable of and figure out what you can delegate and what you can eliminate um what it what amount of energy can i put in one task that will make all the other tasks that much easier 
Okay, so you just touched on um, quantity over quality or quality over quantity. And that's exactly where I was going with um, overproduction. Have you ever heard the term busy doing nothing? Yes. Yeah, that's what you can do if you are a person that you that's overproduct like you don't feel good unless you're constantly moving and action taking and things like that because you are doing more but kind of doing less at the same time yes so if you want to feel uh successful and you want to do your job i would definitely suggest kind of slowing down and assessing how much will make you give the best quality work at what rate to be efficient because doing a bunch of work but it's a par it's not it's not impressive Mm-mm. as people think like i you know for instance at work you know she touched on the entrepreneur standpoint and i'm going to touch on the 9 to 5 as always i at my job we have certain orders but we are we're available to look at others orders and there's people that work much faster than me much much faster than me but when i take when i look into their orders it's not what what I would deem as acceptable. Okay. So you've moved fast. You've done three times as much work, but it wasn't quality. Mm-hmm. So don't don't relate moving fast and having a lot done with having things done right. And the best quote that I think I've heard when it comes to things like that is uh, someone told me multitasking is never a good idea uh-uh. because you can never focus on one thing um, cause you, you're never focused on the one thing you're kind of dividing your attention and your time. And I think people who move, you know, like super fast, super fast, super fast, they're thinking about what they're going to do next. And they're thinking about, you know, I've had pe- seen people have two screens up so they can hit two orders at one time. Yeah. And I've seen even me at home. I'm like, okay, I have three hours to clean up and I'm going to the kitchen, to the, to the uh, bedroom, to the living room. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, nothing is 100% <laughs> clean. Right. Like you should have stayed in the kitchen, gave that your all. Right. Now and you, you would have been 60% clean kitchen, 70% clean. Yeah. Living room. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So just really focus on doing something really really well and that's also the advice i give to new beginners when they work out you know sometimes i used to and as a a new trainer say okay you need to work your arms your legs abs and then you got to do cardio because you got to lose weight now i'm just like you know what for now hit that cardio come back in a couple weeks after i see that you're successful and dedicated to that and come back so taking it slow and easy does not mean you're not being productive yes doing it right and giving your 100 percent to the task at hand is way more important way more important i love the analogy that you use with exercise um and and working out and losing weight because we do the same thing with nutrition i'm like this week just don't drink pop Mm -hmm. it used to be like okay focus on this focus on that focus on that exactly just and and but to a lot of people too that sounds like not enough like that's not gonna get me where i want to be quick enough and i'm like you're right it's not but I'll tell you what, when you get there, this is how we know you're going to stay there, mm-hmm. you know. And so, guys, it is essentially important that you focus on efficiency and effectiveness um, outside of quality of tasks that you're doing and taking on. And we have to stop wearing um, a, wearing all these things that we do as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's okay to only rattle off one or two things that you're working on in your life versus a million things 
at once. So, you know, it's okay to be a chronic action taker, but definitely itemize those things, quantify those things, and make sure that you are always working in the best interest of self and not what society has defined for you. Okay, anything else? (laughs) That is all for this week's episode. Guys, as always, new episode every Monday here on Professionally Fit Radio. You can catch us on the website at www.professionallyfit.co. We're also available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search for Professionally Fit. Until next time, be well. guys.